2: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. The, hey, have we hired a coach yet edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast? I am Dusty Evely with me tonight is Sarah Kelleher again. No, Steve Perhatch. He's out again this week. Uh, no D.C. to talk about, I guess. And again, no football, so he didn't want to talk to us. So, Steve, uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to your brother. Uh, Sarah, how are you, man? We got some football this past weekend. Sadly, the Packers were not in it, but how'd you enjoy the games and how are you doing?
3: Yeah, I mean, I wanted the Ravens to win and the Lions to win, so I don't really know if I had a good weekend. <laughs> <Same>. um, <laughs> but, uh, but it was, I mean, the games were entertaining. I'll, I'll give it that. And um here we are, last game of the year. Hard to believe, and then we're going to be in the dark days of the off season. But I'm good. Um, really curious to see what happens with the Packers coordinator search. You know, a lot of names getting crossed off the list. A lot of people who um, people liked that are taking jobs elsewhere. So we'll see what happens. You know, I know we're going to dive in a little bit, but yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, I I'm just I'm sad. It, it's about to be. Over. I mean, this is this is the worst time of the year, um, but other than that, no, I'm doing well. What about you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited about the Super Bowl. I, th- I do think, despite the teams that I was cheering for not winning, uh, I think it it has a potential to be a very good one. Uh, these are two two good teams um, or two potentially could be good teams. They have their good days and their bad days, I think. But uh, I'm excited about it. But yeah, then we have. Like I said it's it's the last last game. And then we just run into a whole bunch of like, I don't know, what are we going to talk about this week, man? We got, I don't have any, we have a while until like all the camps start up and all of that. I'm sure it'll hear before you know it, but uh, we've, we I turned on TV today and Senior Bowl was on, Reese's Senior Bowl was on, so I know draft season is steadily approaching. It never, it never truly stops when there's not football on. Uh, I do feel like a part of me is missing, so hopefully the offseason will pass quickly. Yeah. Um, Sarah, you mentioned we were going to be diving into a DC. We are going to be doing that before we we'll get there. We'll just hit some quick news and notes. Uh, to start off, Packers have a Pro Bowler. It's not Jordan Love, too much to the chagrin of many people. It is Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, who is always awesome, gets the Pro Bowl nod uh, for the Packers. That actually, we got a question from a listener. So let's throw this in here now. We got uh, from Rolf. He asks, Uh, would you extend Kenny Clark during the coming off season? Do you think the backers will do so? So I did take a look at his contract. This is the last year Kenny Clark under contract. He has three void years, uh, 25, 26 and 27, but 24, 2024 is the last year. Kenny Clark is under contract. He, I I'm not looked up his age. Kenny Clark is like 20, still like 27 or 28 years old. Like he is, he is not old. He has a lot of miles on his tire, but. Sarah, based on what you've seen from Kenny Clark and all that, would you extend Kenny Clark this offseason and do you think the Packers will?
3: I think I would extend him for the right price. Um, like you mentioned, Dusty, you know, he is 28, he's turning 29 um, during the season uh, this year. And he's a guy, and Dusty and I were, were talking about a little about this a little bit before we hit record, that nobody really talks about him because he's just so good at his job that he doesn't cause problems. And you're just like, yeah, Kenny Clark, he's there. He's he's great. Uh, moving on, we'll focus on other things. And when you have a guy like that who is a leader in the locker room, I think you do what you can to try to keep him if the price is right. Um, he's going to ask for a lot of money and he's worth a lot of money. So I really just think it depends on on the negotiations there, I could see him, you know, maybe taking a little bit of a cap friendly deal to stay in Green Bay. He seems like he really likes the team and has embraced the culture. Uh, but if I can make it happen and I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm going to try to make this happen.
2: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, he's been a guy, he's been so consistent, so steady. The Packers have had trouble finding uh, inside defensive line help for him. I mean, we've talked about for years, get, get Kenny Clark some help. I mean, he has been such a steady presence and he's good everywhere. He is, he will have some down stretches through the season. I think some of that is he had played for years. He was playing 80% of the snaps and stuff. So I think he'd get worn down. He'd be playing through injuries, some of that. But when he's on, which he he still is, more often than not, he holds up well against the run. He's a smart player. He's a a very good pass rusher. I mean, you put him up with a guy like TJ Slayton, who is kind of more that that plugger and like Kenny Clark, kind of be a little more free to do stuff. We've seen some really good years out of Kenny Clark recently. And even with, uh, as you said, turning 29 this next year, a lot of a lot of years, so he will probably start wearing down relatively soon. He is still a good presence, a good player, and a steady presence in the middle of that line who doesn't really miss time. So I would be all for bringing him back. Like you said, make sure it's the right price, but I'd be all for bringing him back. And I would imagine those conversations are happening in Green Bay as well, or I at least would hope they are. Uh, other news and notes: We've got. Uh, we'll start with Bobby ba- Bobby Babich who was in the building in Green Bay, got a, a defensive coordinator interview. He w- just got hired as the Bills DC. They announced earlier today that would be Tuesday. So Babich is out. So depending on how you feel about him, I was not super high on him. So I Same. that made me happy. Yep. So good. He, did, he is not the running, but he was the guy in the building, so we should mention him. Um, they also requested interviews today. And we'll touch on these real quick. Uh, Packers requested interviews for... Uh, Denard Wilson, uh, the Ravens' DB coach, and Zach Warr, the Ravens' linebacker coach. Uh Sarah, any thoughts on those two guys as far as the Packers looking to interview those, and, and just initial thoughts when you when you saw that come up?
3: My thoughts for that the raisin the Raven the raisins the raisins defense.
2: <laughs> California raisins, <laughs> yeah. man, they're great, great.
3: Oh my goodness, the Ravens' defense is freaking phenomenal every year. So the guys that are in the locker room there and that are building that culture. Yeah. They're probably going to be good defensive coordinators. So I'm curious to see about both of these guys, just how the interview goes. I know there's always kind of reports that are leaked. Oh, it went really well, or, Oh, this happened. Mm-hmm. So I think both of them could be a good fit in green Bay. Um, you know, bring some fresh energy. I mean, what, what they've built in Baltimore on that side of the ball, just every year, the, the teams, Fear them and and what they're able to do. And I'd love to see that uh, with the Packers and um, we'll see how it goes. But I feel I feel better about those two than I have about others that I've seen on the list.
2: Yeah, they run a really, especially this year, run a really creative defense. I know you look at what uh, Queen and Roquan Smith did in the middle as far as the linebacking portion of that, just game records in the middle. And you look at what some of the diverse ways they've deployed the DBs as far as what, what Denard Wilson is on the hook for there as well. It, I mean, this seems like one of those. If, if Mike McDonald, I don't think he's been hired anywhere yet. I think he hi- he interviewed with uh, Seattle's head coaching Today or yesterday, I think uh, this you could see this defensive side of this ball just absolutely getting gutted after this year. So uh, I, I getting in on the train, on either of those I'm, I'm going to touch on probably Wilson a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that they're spreading a relatively wide net and they're picking up guys or for interviews that of stuff that I would like to see run. So I'm, I'm all in favor of that. Uh, and last little note here before we get to our main portion here, we're going to be talking about is just a little throw it out there because it came up uh, Brian good season ending presser is going to be Thursday at noon. And Sarah, we'll just say scale of one to 10. How excited are you that they, that, that do you think he's going to be, he doesn't have to answer any questions about like, about having to wait until your quarterback's out of, say, the darkness uh, to, to decide where you're going to go this offseason. Scale of one to 10. How happy is he right now, Sarah? Uh,
3: probably 11. Uh, he, <laughs> he is probably so happy, which, which is funny because usually a GM after a season that you make the playoffs and it doesn't end in going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, you're probably like, oh, I got to go and do this press conference. And these reporters are going <laughs> to ask me, you know, why we fell short and, you know, what changes we need to make and if we're going to get anybody in the off season. No, Brian Gudikins is so happy because this year went way (laughs) better than anyone in that building. I think probably thought it could go and they're ahead of schedule and now he gets to be all happy about how they're ahead of schedule. Um, And I'm sure he'll have to answer some questions about like Jordan loves contract. What's going to happen there? You know, some other guys, if they haven't hired a coordinator by that day, then obviously he's going to answer questions about that. Just and what's happening in the building, even though you know he's not as involved in that process. But he is probably so happy. I hope he makes a joke like, "Yeah, I Facetime Jordan earlier," or just something <laughs> little jabs in there. I-, I could see it happening.
2: Just a little smile forming at the corner of his mouth as he's saying it. I'd love that. Yep. All right, so we're going to get to uh the meat of our episode today. We are kind of previewing DC interviews for uh for the Packers, guys they've brought in. Uh, we are on the hook for say on the hook. I'm excited about this one. We're on the hook for Brandon Staley. We're going to talk about Brandon Staley, kind of a loaded name today, but um Sarah, you came up with some questions, so let's uh, let's, let's let's hit those.
3: Yeah, I figured, you know, talking about coaches, it's it's not exactly the most glamorous exciting topic, but Dusty can make anything sound interesting and exciting. So (laughs) I'm going to play interviewer here and just ask Dusty some questions, chime in as as needed with some thoughts. But we'll start, you know, first with just what are your overall thoughts on Staley? You know, his time um, in L.A., what he did there, you know, what he's done defensively and kind of where you could maybe see him fit in in Green Bay.
2: I mean, I'm a big fan of his. I know there's there's kind of the the recent stink of how he went out with the Chargers and getting just absolutely pantsed on national TV by the Raiders and like all some of the stories coming out of there and his demeanor at the podium and all that stuff. But just as far as what we see, now we did not see a whole lot of him as a DC, but I love that Rams defense in 2020, which is when he was DC, number one in the league, that was a ton of fun to watch. And then even down the stretch of say like 2021, 2022, I know he, was, he called the defense, I'm not sure how much since he was head coach, how much he was involved, I get the feeling he was hands off on some stuff of the defense. He wasn't involved in as He would like to, but even when you could tell the games that he was really dialed in because some of the game plan stuff he did, uh, some of the way he deployed his guys, uh, some of the way they responded and played it. I think he did. Um, I'll get into this a little bit later, but I think he, he looks at defense, I think in a very creative and interesting way. I know his, his name gets a lot up, brought up a lot with, well, he runs the same system. Joe Barry does like kind of like they coached together, like the bones of it, I guess are roughly the same. But if you look at what he was doing uh, with the with some of the stuff with the Chargers and with the Rams was a whole lot of kind of the sim and the creeper pressures that uh, that are really in vogue right now There's a lot of stuff in, in college, obviously Zimmer did a lot of stuff with like the sim pressure with mugging the gap with two linebackers. He made it that a huge part of his defense, and as far as like the, as aggressively as they rolled some of those safeties down, he played out of a too high shell but it wasn't like he only played quarters defense. They play a lot of single high. They rotate their guys aggressive. If you watch the back end of not this past year, because this past year, I think everything kind of went up in smoke. Uh, but, but what the way those, uh, the way the DBs play in his defense is just beautiful. The way they pass off assignment. So I think, again, I think it, the, I, I've read this is another defense I've read a ton of. I've watched a lot of bun- a bunch of stuff on since this was kind of like the way the league was going. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar with Staley and his defense, but we'll say just overall thoughts. I, I really like him. Again, there's, there's that stink on there, but I'm, I'm a big fan of his in general.
3: Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people be really harsh about him on social media, whether it's fans or even um, reporters or bloggers just that cover the NFL in general. And I, I'm with you, Dusty. I, I, I wouldn't say I love him, but I think he's a good candidate. Um, and people were saying, you know, he's Barry 2.0. Why, why the Packers fire Barry if they're just going to hire Staley? I don't think it's like that at all. I no. think it's very different. Um, and, you know, if he was hired, I, I wouldn't be upset about it. Um, so glad that we're sort of on the same page about that. Uh, next, you know, kind of looking closer at the Packers, what they need on defense, where you'd like to see the defense go. Why do you think Staley is the guy for Green Bay?
2: I mean, part of it, I I talked about some of that. I I had my thoughts kind of sectioned out here, and most of the ones for this section, I burned in the above section because I got too excited about it. But, I mean, I will say it's... The overall, I just said he's not Joe Barry, and he's not. But the overall bones of the system are something that that the uh, that the defense will be familiar with. It's not you're not coming in, you're not ripping everything down to the studs. You're building off a, a base of knowledge that they already have. You're doing different things with that. But I think coming in with with that base, general base, which means you don't have to. Rebuild positions. You're not like re- you're not building a three four into a four three or something like that. You've already got the guys that you kind of want there. It's just a matter of kind of molding them a little bit more. So I think that has something to do with it. And again, I think my big thing is I think where the league is going, and you see. Two of the best defenses this year, and we just saw them play with the Chiefs and the Ravens. So much of what they do is deception both both on the back end and up front with a lot of, the, again, the, the, the sim pressure where you've got those two guys. you got the guys mugging the A-gap, and then you drop one of them out, or you bring both of them, or you just mess with protection rules. And the other thing is the kind of creepers where you have a linebacker blitzing from a different spot and dropping someone off the line, almost like a fire zone, but like not – exactly like a fire zone. So a lot of that stuff that is meant to and again, then the stuff you do on the back end where you're kind of playing too high, where you're playing top down, but then you're, you're you're starting too high, I guess. But then you're kind of changing the picture, all those things that are designed to after the snap of the ball, confuse a quarterback get him get him into his read confuse him, make him wait an extra beat all the ways that smart defenses are attacking we've seen him do that on top of the way that everything you hear about him you heard about him after that Ram season was he is he is a very smart guy uh, sometimes and I probably will talk about this a little later maybe a little too smart for his own good sometimes But he and beyond just, I think, living within the system, he's not beholden to a system. He will throw different game plans at people and he will put guys in position to succeed. There's all the talk about, well, with L.A., he had um, with the Rams, he had uh, Donald and he had Ramsey he leveraged those guys to build a lot of what he want to do structurally around those guys. He will he he is capable of building a defense and you putting players in their best position to succeed and we've seen that. And I think uh, his game plan stuff is really good. So I think he's a, he is a very smart, forward-thinking head coach and by all accounts a gifted teacher and a guy that a lot of people like to play for. So that that to me that's that's kind of why why I would side with him.
3: Well, sort of on the flip side, with good also comes bad sometimes, mm-hmm. and you know, looking and evaluating Staley. If you had to think of a reason or reasons of why not uh, for Staley in Green Bay, what what are those
2: reasons? And the stink of the Chargers, the the last start Chargers season, and the way he went out, I think stick to him, and I, I I think that's that's perfectly valid. Um, anytime there's like a head coach or a guy who is a good co- coordinator and then fails as a head coach, and that side of the ball is bad, the natural inclination is then to say like. Well, maybe he was never good, and especially in this case, he had Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Like he's not good anymore. I, I think, I think he is a perfectly fine defensive coordinator. I think he'd be a good defensive coordinator. That was probably over out over his skis. Just not a good head coach. That being said, those defenses were bad, bad, and they were bad at the things that he was supposed to be good at. Like in his three years there, I think he, I don't think he ever ranked higher than twenty fifth by DVOA, if I'm not mistaken. They're always terrible against the run, which is what. Packers fans will certainly not like to hear. Uh, And I don't think they have talent up front. You know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are names, but Bosa was injured a lot and Mack had the past season was good, but, uh, you know, he was kind of in and out a little bit as well. So I don't think the talent was there, Um, but I do think think those are valid valid criticism. So look, look, he's not Joe Barry, but some of the way those defenses struggled are exactly the way that some of his defenses with the Chargers struggled. And there's also, again, there's been some stories about um, guys not liking, but there's way more stories about guys liking to play for him, but there's there's him rubbing guys the wrong way. He's got the uh, kind of a prickly demeanor at the podium that to me did not seem to get that way until this past year. I think he was feeling the heat and maybe, got a little pricklier, which is which is not necessarily great. But I think those if you if you're looking for reasons why not, you could say, well, they struggle a lot of the same way the Packers struggle. And he kind of seems like a guy that could rub people the wrong way. So I think uh, that, again, I don't I don't think either of those would matter to me. I, I think I can rationalize those away pretty easily. But those are pretty good cases for for maybe why you'd be a little more hesitant on. Yeah,
3: something for me. And again, you know, if he was hired, I, I wouldn't be devastated or really upset about it. But I think there's an advantage of hiring somebody who's a DB coach or a linebacker's coach or, you know, a position coach of a position group. And then now they're taking on the D coordinator job, because I just think that there's a different fire there and they're trying to, you know, build a reputation in the league and earn people's respect. And with that, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of attention to detail and care. And a guy like Staley, you know, his head coach blew up in his face, like you said, very prickly towards the end. And, you know, a concern I have is would he be, could he put his ego aside, go back to being a coordinator and treat it like he is a coordinator and respect it through and through respect it in the locker room with the players, with the coaching staff, even as far, you know, with the media and just the way he presents himself publicly to the team. Um, So, something where i kind of lean towards somebody who maybe hasn't been a coordinator before um and is hungry to succeed and wants to do things the right way rather than oh i've been here done that and i have i think and feel a certain way about this already so i don't really need to adapt or learn because i've done this so you know that's kind of where i lean as, as far as maybe a reason why
4: not hey friends That was until I found GameTime. GameTime is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free, Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Oh, and GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code Packaday. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
3: Do you think, you know, based on what you're hearing, based on what you know about the Packers and your, you know, Pack-A-Day podcast expert prediction, do you think that Brandon Staley will be hired?
2: My guess is no, and I think that's just from reading the tea leaves. I think ultimately it's what Lafleur. If there's a way Lafleur wants to go, but if you look at the guys that they brought in, I think Staley's the only guy who's been in DC. It's a whole bunch of kind of younger guys, like you said, position coaches. I mean, you know, like he was one. Staley was one uh, once upon a time before he got that Rams gig, but he he had been a, he has been a DC now. He's been a head coach. Mostly, look at Christian Parker is 32 years old. Uh, you know, a DB coach, Denard Wilson, DB coach. A lot of these, none of these guys have been linebackers coach. If you look at or a, a DC, so if you look at these guys, everyone they brought in, it's all position coaches, and then you've got this one guy who sticks out like a sore thumb, who is a former DC, former head coach. So I think if the floor wants to simply hand off the defense, and like it, kind of what it seemed like he wanted to do, say with Pettin early, with Joe Barry early. I want the offense, you take the defense. If he just wants to hand off a side of the ball and say, this is yours, I won't meddle with you as long as you're doing fine. Take it, whatever you want, this is yours. I think Staley's the guy because you, that's the guy with experience. He's built a good defense. He's been a head coach. He's got all that experience in there. So I think that'd be the guy. If LaFleur wants a guy that he can, like an up-and-comer, like you say, you get that fire, but you also get a guy who's a little less experienced that is like, maybe the floor can have a little bit more of a hand in. If he wants kind of more of a holistic approach to building a team and you want to build a defense specifically that supports an offense and you want a little more of a hand in that, then you go with the younger guy. So ultimately, I think if it comes down to whether the floor wants to have a hand in the defense or whether he doesn't, and I think based on if you look at who they've interviewed, I think he wants to have a hand in the defense. I think he wants a bigger say in that than he's wanted to in the past. So my gut feeling is no. If they do hire him, I would be thrilled. But I just... It just it's very weird looking down the list it's staley is not an old guy staley is still a young guy uh he just but if you look through the list it's like fresh face fresh face fresh face brandon staley it's just this really weird he sticks out as like which one of these things is not like the other and staley just sticks out on that front
3: yep so you don't think it's going to be staley who do you think it's going to be
2: it's been a lot of smoke around christian parker yeah uh, so parker seems like i mean he spent time in, in green bay he was the uh defensive c coach under the floor in 2019 and 2020 and then he's recently the broncos db coach 32 years old i think he just turned 32 they see that's a very inexperienced but that see there seems to be a lot of smoke around him i also wouldn't hate again denard wilson we'll, we'll see how that interview goes but again talk about he i think he's 41 if i'm not mistaken coming from uh, coming from a like a very interesting, very intriguing kind of cutting-edge NFL defense, coordinating a part or in charge of a part of that defense that was hugely successful uh, or a, a big part of their success. So I think Wilson would make a lot of sense. But, it, I mean, it seems like all the smoke is with Christian Parker, but we kind of heard that late last week that he may have been offered the position and they're still interviewing guys. So it doesn't seem like the done deal. But I think I, right now I think I'm leaning Christian Parker – Denard Wilson, I wouldn't be shocked, um, probably at number two. And then I would put, I'd probably put Staley at three, honestly. I have i don't know a bunch of the other guys, a whole bunch, but based on what I know and based on what I've looked at, I, I think I'd be kind of comfortable with that.
3: All righty. Well, that is our preview and deep dive into Brandon Staley. Will he be the Packers defensive coordinator? Only time will tell. Um, Dusty and I would be okay with it. Some of you, it seems like, would – want to go to Lambeau and protest but that's fandom right that that's why we're here that's why we all love doing this um but I I just hope it it happens soon um you know I kind of thought it was going to happen over the weekend and then it never did and now we're waiting you know I think it's good that they're talking to guys from the Ravens but at the same time I'm getting a little impatient I want the Packers to make up their mind and and know what the heck's going to happen I I'm yeah. still shocked that they fired Barry. We we didn't even talk about this because it <laughs> happened. Yeah, let, let's talk about this for a second because we didn't even talk about it because it happened the day. I think it,
2: it happened after, after we get done recording, right? Yeah.
3: It, it, happened, well, it happened the day that our episode came out. So, you know, we yeah. had already recorded this. And if you listened last week, Dusty and I talked about this. Like, they should fire him. We think they should fire him. Are they going to do it? I don't know. It's the Packers. They don't really do that. They never make, seem to make the right decision with things like that and i am not kidding dusty i had to check twitter three different times to make sure i wasn't getting got by a Mm -hmm. verified account i had to check it i had to google it i i had to confirm that this was a 100 true and when i realized it was shock in in the best way um Mm -hmm. it was the right decision um, I DMed Dusty in all caps and was like, they did it. They actually did it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm no, I'm exactly with you. I checked to make sure, okay, is this, is this that actual account? Not just like a fake verified one. Is, is it, the, it's not like a darn Schefter or something like that. You know, I had to, had to make sure P's and Q's, everything in a row. Always
3: get me with him because his last name is already tricky and they'll change letters or they'll add a zero instead of we'll do the. O. they do the
2: r and then the n and then you get them close together and it looks like the m at the end of adam like that's how that that's that's how they've almost gotten me a couple of times but not this time man no it was yeah no i i was so i was on uh last call Ambo last week with uh with uh monty and, and aaron and i we got a chance to talk about that so i was able to get get uh get my happy thoughts out which was great but yeah i mean it's I'm with you. I'm shocked it happened, and I'm shocked it happened when it did. I thought we'd have to wait a little longer for that. It was. It, yeah. I'm like, okay, now we can move on, and then, yeah. they started hiring interviews. It was awesome.
3: Like Super Bowl hasn't even happened, and Joe Barry is gone, um, and then the Bears are interested in interviewing Joe Barry. Let's you can't. Go. You cannot make this up. You <laughs> literally cannot make this up. Why does this happen? You know, it's every player every coach, even if they had success or not, and they somehow end up on that roster. I, I don't understand it, but well, it the, continues I love, to make me.
2: I love the idea of them interviewing him just to like get his defensive secrets for the two meetings against Green Bay next year. Like we already knew all of this. Yeah. This man gave us nothing.
3: <laughs> I, I, I'm just flabbergasted. They never cease to amaze me that that franchise never fails to make me smile with their dumb decisions. <laughs> it's a gift um, that keeps
2: on giving. It's lovely.
3: Yeah, and I I think this year with the draft, it'll be interesting what they end up doing, what they do with Justin Fields. It, it's going to be kind of funny if they go in a different direction at quarterback and Justin Fields gets traded, and then he's really good. Um, And I think that's certainly on the
2: table. <laughs> but they're also like, then if I think if he goes somewhere else, They haven't changed their head coach who almost got fired or their GM who seemed like he was on the hot seat for a little bit. And they're letting them now be in charge of the next quarterback. This doesn't make any sense. They've tried this already. They did this when they drafted Justin Fields. Oh, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense, which makes perfect bears logic. I love it, man.
3: Yeah. They're just so cute. Um, Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) moving on to our questions for this week really the start, sit, cut edition for questions. Shout out to Brian Hartstad, because you, my friend, have absolutely started a trend here, and we love it. We, you know, we, we've we expressed several times that we think the start, sit, cut questions are fun, and I think the listeners are catching on, and they agree too, because we have a lot of start, sit, cut questions related to the Packers, related to food, related to a number of things, and I'm excited to dive in. Um, First one, we don't have a start-sit cut yet, but it is from Matt Pickett. Uh, Two-part question. He said, for me, this year's Super Bowl is basically the antagonist frat from an 80s movie versus Thanos and his army. How would you characterize it? So I'm assuming the frat is the 49ers and Thanos is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I had to guess. And then food question with football winding down. We'll have a lot of extra time. What's your favorite food that takes a while to make?
2: I will just go. I don't really have I I don't have a characterization. I just, it's one, it's, it's a game I'm excited to watch. That's all I will say. And two flawed teams that are capable of very good things. So I am, I don't have a, a witty, uh, clever way of characterizing it. I'm just, I'm just excited for the game. Uh, And. Uh, I will go we kind of talked about this I (laughs) I make supper every night takes about an hour that's all I have time for and even that is stretching it sometimes so my I would love to take like six hours and do like some 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 stewed beef or something you know like some uh some birria tacos like really really do what you're supposed to do really walk through it all I don't have time for that so I will just go I'm gonna go pulled pork uh because you know it takes a long time and it you know you gotta i gotta get everything set up in the smoker and i gotta check it multiple times when it's down there and then even then i have to check it on it you know every now and then make sure it's still cooking all right doing all that stuff and it, it takes hours and hours and hours so just from a time perspective pulled pork it's not super intensive once i get going but it does take a while yep
3: yeah, the super bowl i would characterize it as oh no we're in danger um because the last time these two teams played about a month later um everything changed this is the the 2019 2020 super bowl and um you know right after that the pandemic hit and then quite frankly things were never the same um and here we are again four years later another election year and these two teams are back at it again. Uh, So hopefully, hopefully this is the reversal we need, you know, they're meeting again, and then they'll play and it'll reverse and things will get better instead of worse. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I I mean, this game, I'm over it. I I, (sighs) the Chiefs are going to do it again. I I really think they're going to do it again. And
2: Given the, given the choice, I will take them over the Niners I'm actually, I'm absolutely rooting 100%. for the Chiefs in this game.
3: But they're inevitable they, they're inevitable. And they're Patrick Mahomes is in the early days of his career and that's scary. Um, and not to go on a tangent here, but I'm going to, um, because this really pissed me off. Um, my mom was telling me about someone that I can't remember sh- where she encountered this person, um. There was a, a young kid and I he had Chiefs gear on and somebody pointed out, hey, you know, it's great. You guys are going back to the Super Bowl. And his response was like, oh, yeah, I got to get more shirts, you know, AFC champions again. Like I gotta buy another shirt. You know, it's starting to get expensive. Oh, and my mom was like, oh boo-hoo. "Oh, boo-hoo. Your team's so good that you have to buy another championship shirt." So
2: don't buy the championship shirt. There's your answer. No one, no one wears those yeah. things. Don't buy one of those shirts.
3: So that's where I'm at. I'm starting to get annoyed because that's what the fan base is turning into. Of <laughs> oh god, we won again. So I guess I'll have to order another T-shirt. I would. <laughs> the things i would do for the packers to finally be able to beat the 49ers and go to the super bowl and buy a stupid nfc champions t-shirt I, I would be sickened if i got to do that i'd be so happy i'd order 6 of them you know so anyways i just am over it but it's a super bowl so i'm excited um and then <laughs> as far as the food question yeah i'm with you dusty i don't really make meals that take more than you know max an hour um i do some things in the slow cooker sometimes so i guess that's my cheat answer of you know, pop nice pot roast in there um or like salsa chicken um and you know that nice shredded up and make some good tacos or rice bowls with it um but other than that i'm trying to make my food as fast as possible all right brian hartstad the king of the start sit cut questions he says, happy five year anniversary to the Packaday Podcast Wednesday trio. Thank you, Brian. Knowing what you've been through the last five years together, what advice would you have given your younger self going into this? Whew. And then food, of course, start, sit, cut, potato edition, french fries, waffle fries, or tater tots?
2: Uh, my, I mean, my would just be just don't listen to Steve from the jump. Like, don't pretend you're interested for a while. Like, you don't have to do this. Uh, you can no. I mean, really. I, I mean, I, the what I wrote down was I. I, I wouldn't change anything. I don't think we, we. We. I think we. We picked up fairly quickly. Got into. I mean, a pretty familiar rhythm, I, I think, very early on. I know we've talked about this very recently yeah. quite a bit, but uh, me and Steve, uh, from my second episode, uh, me and Steve were together. And and it felt like somewhat I I'd, I'd known a very long time. And then, Sarah, when you came along a few months later, it was the exact same thing. We added Sarah to the mix, and then it all just, okay, now, now we have clicked into place. And I feel like the first conversations we had, uh, I, I don't. I don't remember any awkwardness. I am I am certainly awkward, so it's possible I missed it. But I don't think I would I would change anything. So would, mine would just be just just do what you're gonna do, um, and and you will be fine uh, because I I don't really think I we didn't really have an early moment or was like we had to warm up to each other. I feel like we're already pretty warm, so uh, I I don't know that I would give myself any advice. i will just say just do what you did. It's fine. Everything's great. Um, and then potato favorites. Ah man, this was a tough one. I'll start French fries. Cause I feel like I have to like, that's, that's a classic, a good French fry is still better than anything else. Although it's closer than it used to be for me. Uh, the sit, the sit cut was tough. I'm sit tater tots. I do like when you get the tater tots that are crispy,
3: they have to be crispy.
2: Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that's it's. It's not even like a fine line. Like if they're soggy, like I won't. I won't eat them. <laughs> they're inedible. Uh, and then you get them crispy, and they're amazing, and they taste so good. Waffle fries. I, part of it. I don't think I eat enough waffle fries. I mm-hmm. like them just fine, but there's not a big enough difference between waffle fries and regular fries for me to have them kind of back to back. So I'd rather have the other tater tots sitting there on the bench in case I need them, and then waffle fries are. Um, I'm sorry, guys, Uh, you'll do you'll do fine at your next spot.
3: Yeah, this one's hard. And, you know, Dusty, you kind of answered it. I think we fell into a rhythm really quickly. Um, You know, I even remember the first episode I was on, you were already asking me food questions like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite dessert? Like, where would you go on vacation if you could do that? And that kind of broke the ice a little bit for me. I was like, okay, yeah, I can talk to these guys. They're not just going to want to totally be serious all the time. That was my biggest worry going in was, are these two guys going to be hard asses and just want to talk (laughs) about statistics and football and, you know, man stuff all the time. But quite frankly, we are the opposite. Everyone is very easygoing and open. Um, I, I think, you know, a Steve answer, I have a Steve answer too, and it's to say, Reese's pieces and not Reese's pieces. Um, <laughs> that would be the one thing I would just a couple
2: of things, just don't say that's your advice to yourself. I love,
3: yeah, that. because Steve would have a full on breakdown, um, and then tweet you about it, mention it on the podcast every time you say it in print or in quotes wrong. Um, he gets upset, so I, I would just avoid pissing him off with that. Other things, no, I definitely go out of my way to piss him off. Um,
2: that's a good point because I think I would avoid. After you say that, I would never mention Fun Dip. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I would have just I would let second that second banana. You know, that's a- no, no, that no, that, stays. Yeah, that one stays. that's
3: true because that was the first time that I think we ganged up on another person on this show. <laughs>
2: A beautiful moment. <laughs> yeah. Just
3: just some camaraderie there. <laughs> bullying the other person on the podcast. Uh, and then uh for start, sit, cut, I'm gonna start French fries as well. There, there's just so many forms of french fries, and they're way too good. Um, but I'm gonna sit waffle fries. I love waffle fries, and I, I think I've I love tater tots too. I I wish I could play all three. We could build a super team here. Um, but I've just had too many soggy tater tots and waffle fries. I feel like turn out crispier just more naturally. And I'm always going to go that way. I also love the waffle fries that are the corner pieces and have some potato skin on them, especially when it's salty, like a Chick-fil-A. Love that. Um, but that was a tough one. All right. Next question is from Humbug. Uh, they said, what is your favorite off season Packers acquisition? It could be a staff hire, free agent signing, draft pick, of all time. My mouth dropped when I saw of all time because I think there are two clear answers here. It has to be either Charles Woodson or Reggie White, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna kind of change this up here so we can still answer the question because we liked it. Um, and we're gonna talk about what was your favorite offseason Packers acquisition this year, Dusty? You know, could it was it a draft pick, staff hire? What did the Packers do that you liked?
2: And against nailed the draft, so I think it's got to come out of there. I'm gonna go, I'll go Jaden Reed. Um, there's a I, there's a thousand different ways you can go with this, but Reed is the guy who, I, for years, we always talked about like <laughs> the Tyler Irvin role, right? To the point where people started making fun of everyone talking about the Tyler, who was not there that long. It was it's a well defined role. Everyone knows what we mean by the by the Tyler Irvin role. He's able to do that as the gadget guy, but he's also a legit wide receiver who can do legit wide receiver things. He can run a route from the outside from the slot. What? throw the ball in his hands on the backfield and he'll make something happen. He just seems like a do-it-all guy who also gives you speed and some of the gadgety stuff that they used to have like a dedicated player for before. So I, I think, again, there's a bunch of different guys you could go with here, but I think what Jaden Reed brings this offense and something that it was missing, but what he's able to bring it from multiple different facets for me, I think is, is one of the big things, one of the big reasons why this offense was so good.
3: Yeah, that was my answer. He stole it. So thanks for that. Um, okay. But I think it's the right answer. Um, what he brings and the promise that he has for the future is just the sky's the limit for him. Um, and very quickly, he became a guy on the roster. And I think everybody was excited when the pick was made and uh, thought that there was potential. But just some of the creative pl- uh, play calling where he was the centerpiece was just beautiful to watch mm-hmm. um and you know that's in year one so i can't imagine after a year in the playbook and, and getting a feel for that how in the off season they're gonna kind of create more things for him and i i can't wait you know get christian mm-hmm. watson back and healthy and those young wide receivers they could shake some things up that's for sure all right our next question is from josh hollinger a start sit, cut double question so first one is football related Start, sit, cut, Savage, Nixon, and Carlson. Woof. And then start, sit, cut, cheddar, brie, or Gouda cheese. So I'll go first on this one. We'll go reverse order. I'm going to start cheddar cheese every time. It's just too good. It's adaptable. You can have it in so many different ways on so many different things. Um, And then I'm going to sit Gouda cheese. I love Gouda cheese. Um, it's not an everyday cheese, but you know, if I get a sandwich every now and then, and they say there's Gouda cheese on it, I'm like, great, fantastic. Um, and brie, I don't have anything against it. Just compared to the other two, I'm going to cut it. Um, and then players, (sighs) I'm going to cut Carlson for recency bias because I'm over it. And I don't know if, you know, if we rewind back into the preseason, I was raising the red flag about him a long time ago when all of those kicks were being missed in camp and I I didn't like it. Something was fishy. And here we are, you know, four, five months later, and it's not pretty. Uh, It was the difference in that game. So recency bias, cutting Carlson. um, And then I'm going to sit Savage- I just think there's been some inconsistencies there and nixon is the guy i'd start just again he's been a little more consistent but also the special teams aspect he's a he's a great returner um, so i can utilize him in a few different ways
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: Sarah, we are 100% in alignment. Oh, I love went, it,
1: love it.
2: And Nixon, I just did, I mean, basically for the same reasons. I think if we're looking specifically, if we're looking defensive side, I would start Savage because I think he had shown more moments than Nixon, but Nixon gives you the return ability. So, yeah, start, start Nixon, sit Savage, cut Carlson, start Cheddar, sit Gouda, cut Bree right down the line. Hundred percent hit rate on this. Uh, this is why we need Steve back. We need a little more arguments in yeah, our Steve lives. Steve
3: would but... have put brie cheese as number one, and then had some stupid answer. Cheddar,
2: but... cheddar. What are you twelve? You got cheddar on the top. You no, I'm gonna
3: have cheddar with apple slices and crackers. Yeah, I am, and it's gonna be <laughs> delicious every single time.
2: Yeah, get lost, pal.
3: Yeah, God, miss you, Steve. Um,
2: miss, miss you, buddy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Next question is from Simon Giles. They want to know. It seems like Jordan Love could be offered a new contract this year, based on his play in twenty twenty three. What do you think his contract will look like? And then a left field food question: Have you ever tried Miramai, and do you like it? Um, so, just for kind of some background here, um, there were a lot of there there was a lot of chatter a few days ago on Twitter that the Packers were interested in making Jordan Love a top five paid quarterback in the league. Um, and right now, looking at um quarterbacks based on the average that they make per year so we're gonna just look at that um this is the order joe burrow 55 million a year justin herbert 52.5 lamar 52 jalen 51 and then russell wilson is 49 um that's where they're at everyone knows pat mahomes you know he he was signed before all this craziness happened. Uh, so he's a little bit lower. And then, you know, Josh Allen is right around there too. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. Um, so if if the rumors are true, you know, and they want to make him a around a top five paid quarterback, I could see it coming in at 48, 47, so, somewhere around there. You know, Jalen Hurts, makes 51. Russell Wilson makes 49. And then it drops off a little bit to Kyler Murray, who makes 46.1 a year. So I could see even 47. Uh, The thing is, the Packers didn't make the playoffs. Love would have still secured a nice contract. He did what he needed to do. But that run at the end literally made him millions of dollars. We're, we're talking millions of millions. Your family's good and your family's family's probably good just for that that stretch at the end. Um, so that's kind of how I feel. Dusty, I don't know what you think. I think it would probably be for four or five years, um, but I'm not a contract expert like some people are.
2: Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, I, I, because my thought, I hadn't looked at the top. I knew there were kind of mid 50s for Joe Joe Burrow, and I knew it was kind of like high 40s kind of uh, for the rest of that group. I, my, my thought was somewhere in the 40 to 45 range. Um, And he took, he took an incentive laden deal, you know, this two year deal kind of coming into uh, this past year and this next year as well to kind of, do like the prove it deal and you can hit these incentives He did very well with that so i don't know that he's going to be looking to reset the market but yeah it wouldn't shock me to see him in the 45 million dollar range which seems insane as the cap keeps going up like it's not going to look that insane as these things tend to do within three years it looks perfectly reasonable uh, i don't think he's getting more than burrow i i, I think no he's probably like you said somewhere in the somewhere in the. 40 to 47 range would be my guess i do think they'll throw a hefty amount of incentives it'll be one of those like he's getting 47 a year but then if you look at the guarantees if you look at the incentives i would imagine it'd be a whole lot of incentives kind of thrown in there as well which it still feels to me i know he showed some really good stuff like you said back half of the season made himself millions and millions of dollars that early part of the season, like it's still hard to shake some of that. I know, I think he probably is closer to who was back half of the season. And that was sustained for a long period of time than he was from the early part of the season. I still like Emma would, if they, if tomorrow they say Jordan love $50 million, like, you know, 150 guaranteed, something like that. Be like, Ooh, that seems, high. I, I still think there are some questions there, but I think that's the market rate. I think, I think go for it. And I think they can clear some uh, quite a bit of money off the books in the next couple of week next couple of years in terms of restructures and all of that and they don't have to pay any wide receivers for a little bit. So I wouldn't be shocked to see kind of a, a if they give them a big deal, you know, decent hit this next year and then a pretty big hit in year 2 so it'd be 2025 and they kind of spread out a little bit. I think is probably how they would structure it. Uh, and as far as uh, Marmite, I know, I know it from jokes from the British office. I have never actually tried yeah, it. I forgot. It's, it's what like a like a dark veggie spread or something, Sarah?
3: I've tried it once. I wouldn't try it again. Um, Okay. But it wasn't – some people are appalled by it. I didn't think it was great. It was just kind of like, yeah, I I tried it, and I don't need to try it again, and we're good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next question is from Aaron Reynolds. Um, They asked, what was your favorite surprise of the Packers season, excluding Jordan Love? And then in honor of the upcoming Swift Bowl, what is the best Taylor Swift album and why is it Fearless? Ooh, this could ruffle some feathers.
2: I will say my favorite surprise. So it was, it was, they drafted so many skill position guys in this draft and it was, boy, I hope a couple of these guys hit. I mean, it was Reed, Wicks, Kraft, Musgrave, like it was all these young guys, not to mention, you know, all the other draft picks they had. And it was, man, if one or two of these guys hit, they're in really good. They're in a good setting, and they all hit. They all showed some nice stuff. Musgrave obviously was injured. He looked like a game changer when he's in that field. Tucker Craft went from borderline unplayable to like an absolute monster by the end of the season we ever talked about reed talking about what wix did and how he looked running routes like the, the just his familiarity with uh look like familiarity with the system and how he was able to get open and use his hands and all this stuff all those guys hit plus other ones that was kind of one of those oh my goodness you were hoping for like one of those four to be good in year one they're all good in year one so just really excited to see what they do going forward um best i would say best taylor swift album i am late to the taylor swift game uh you know i did not listen to her early i am not a fan of kind of country or pop country stuff i that's that's something deep within my bones i cannot do that i it will make me angry if i listen to it i actually tried uh, i was listening to fearless uh before we started recording so i was like oh maybe i missed something here like the only song i like on there is um i'm blanking out what the name of it is unspeakable maybe it's the, it's the luna halo cover. Untouchable, yeah. I know the the Luna Halo band, I know them. So I like that song based on that. So I didn't get into her until later. I will go, my favorite album is Folklore uh because i at my heart um i like sad boy music and that's and i love the national um and you know uh the the dressners had a, had a big hand in doing that um obviously one of my favorite songs of hers is uh, the exile with bon ivor and you've got the jack and Tanoff stuff on there like i i love i'm a big folklore fan I, i'm a big fan of like 1989 uh lover big fan of "Midnights." like i so i like most of her later stuff i think post like red and post red, like not reputation, but red and post red. I, I typically like but I, I can't do I can't do the early stuff. man.
3: All right. And my favorite surprise, I, I think it's Tucker craft. I mean, you kind of summed it up. Dustin, you know, you had a cheat answer. You said every draft fix. I did. Thanks. That, that was my
2: surprise. <laughs> All of them were surprises. Sarah.
3: Um, But that was a surprise because with Musgraves, I think you were just wondering, you know, how is he gonna be utilized really in a lot of people's eyes as the second guy. And then, you know, you the opportunity to step up and play more when Musgraves is hurt. And then by the end, you're like, holy crap, they have two guys that are these enormous freak humans and they can make plays out there. And Matt LaFleur is like a kid in a candy shop because now he can do even more than than he thought uh, a year ago. and. Um, that was really exciting towards the end of the season to see that all kind of evolve. (sighs) For me, this is a really hard question. You know, Dusty mentioned he was late to the Taylor Swift game. Quite frankly, I'm the opposite. Um, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I liked Taylor Swift before it was cool. I have liked Taylor Swift since (laughs) her first album. And I wasn't even a big country person, but something about her, something about Taylor Swift. I have seen her on every single tour. That's right. Every single one, even the early <laughs> ones. I have hugged Taylor Swift. That's my claim to fame. I have it on video and everything. Um, I got picked, my friend and I, who were super fans when we were 13 years ago at this point, we, we just calculated this the other day. Uh, we got picked by her team to sit front row for a few songs on the Speak Now tour. And then she came down and hugged all the people that got picked. So let's just say I've I've been here for a long time. And so this is very hard for me to pick. Um, so I'm just going to give a top three. My top three would be reputation, 1989 and folklore. Absolutely love folklore, but then, you know, I feel like I'm leaving out others too. Uh, reputation was incredible. I I love that album. That tour was super awesome, too. And then 1989 just has a bunch of bangers. And I I love that. Um, But fearless is right on the the edge for me because that was my growing up album that that was like my early days, you know, I went to the era's tour. And when fear the song fearless started, and that era started, and she like jumped out with the old outfit and the guitar. I, I felt like I was going to cry because it, of the straight nostalgia that hit me. It was awesome. Um, so You can't really go wrong. Taylor Swift rocks. I don't care what anybody says or thinks about all that. Um, I've always loved Taylor Swift and probably will for as long as she's making music. So shout out to T-Swift. Um, and then last question from DJ Zabcar. We got another start sit. Cut question to close things out today. Uh, you know they asked, what are some defensive strategies slash styles slash intangibles that you would prioritize in a defensive coordinator search if you were Green Bay or Matt Lafleur? Dusty, you talked about that a little bit already, but we can kind of revisit. And then start, sit, cut. This one's Italian edition: spaghetti and meatballs, penne alla vodka, and bolognese.
2: I would go, I mean, the, uh, outside of all the scheme stuff, the biggest thing, and that, that's one of the reasons I'm kind of high as Staley is just, just what I've heard other people talk about him is teaching. If you can't get, it's be able to get your ideas across efficiently and coherently and consistently, and being able to do that with guys who have different learning styles. Um, cause you want, it's, it's different for different positions, what you need out of those guys. Um, it's also, I mean, but you also have to teach that holistically. So that's the, when you hear about like a good coach, it doesn't like the scheme, the scheme doesn't matter. It's how can you teach it? How can you communicate your ideas in a way that they can enact those on the field? Uh, so that that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and as far as from a schematic standpoint, it's, it's someone who has a solid base and knowledge of what they want to do and why they want to do it, um, without being afraid to incorporate new ideas, which again, is why I like Staley and some of these other guys, you get this kind of, I know my foundational base. I also have these different things that I know that I can mix in to this without sacrificing what makes my defense, my defense. And I can also incorporate kind of this new kind of cutting edge stuff to kind of help with that. So those are the main things is, is, is teaching and having a strong base. And then with, with, with the ability to be flexible in that as well. Um, and then, man, um, I went back and forth on start star set quite a bit. I'm going to start uh penne alla vodka uh, because when that hits, that hits, man. Um, it's been a while since I've had it. I was noticing when I went, when, when it does, I got to make that pretty soon, man. Um, I'm going to sit uh, I bolognese. How do you say it, Sarah? I never know how to say it. Bolognese.
3: Bal- I say bolognese, but that might be wrong. Bo-
2: bolognese. No, I think that's correct. I will go with that because that's like, meaty. I'm just a big fan. Just give me meaty sauces. Uh, so I'm just going to cut spaghetti meatballs. I love spaghetti meatballs. I love a good spaghetti meatballs. This is one I, I actually had at the top. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I eat that because it's good. But these other ones are better. So I, I will have to just I'll have to sit spaghetti meatballs. Um, Steve will not get a chance to make fun of me Uh, for being a child. because I don't like spaghetti meatballs.
3: But he was going to make fun of me because that's my number
2: one. <laughs> 100%. 100%. It, oh, you got your juice box there,
1: dude. Listen,
3: I had <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs last night for dinner. It can't go wrong. It hits whether you're at a fancy restaurant and the meatballs are homemade and perfection. Or if you just have pasta sauce pre-made throw the meatballs in the toaster oven or wherever you're putting them. It, it hits every time. Dump a bunch of Parmesan cheese on there and you're good to go. Um, and then I'm gonna go penne alla vodka as sit and then I'm gonna cut vulganese. I don't have anything against it, I order it. It's just usually not number one on my list. Um, and then as far as defensive strategies or styles, I really I've been saying this for years. I want the Packers on defense to have a dog mentality. I want them to be relentless. I want teams to fear them. I feel like when teams play Green Bay, you know, even let's let's go back to last few years with Rodgers. It's always, oh, the Packers, the offense. It's all about the offense. And oh Aaron Rodgers and oh Aaron Jones and oh Devontae Adams and and all these people. It's never, oh no, their defense is so good. You know, we're not going to be able to do anything. It's no, we can always run the ball down the Packers' throats. And then we just have to hope that Aaron Rodgers or now Jordan Love is able to put up enough points um, and the Packers survive. I, I don't want them to play in this survival mode anymore. I want teams to come to Lambeau Field and go, Oh my God, how are we going to move the ball against this defense? They are absolutely chirping at us all game. They're playing so aggressive. And then on the other side, our defense is hoping that they can get off the field because Jordan Love is moving the ball with these young wide receivers. Aaron Jones is running the ball down their throats. So I I just really, really want them to build a culture that is just, like I said, dog mentality. I'm it's time that that side of the ball is respected in Green Bay and not just certain players like Gary or Kenny Clark, where I think maybe people fear them, but I don't think anyone, you know, sees the Packers on their schedule. And is like, when you think of like the Ravens or the Browns or teams like that, you're like, Oh, it's going to be tough for us to move the ball today. Um, and I, I'm done with that. I, I, I like that era in Green Bay to be over. Um, so that's what I'd like to see in the future. All right. That wraps it up for questions this week. Uh, thank you everybody for sending some in, had a lot of fun and dusty before we go. Any final thoughts?
2: I don't really have many again it 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 uh I wish we had Packer's football to talk about we don't, but I'm looking forward to what should be a an entertaining uh entertaining Super Bowl the games this past weekend were entertaining in totally different ways one one was close and kind of a defensive struggle and watching how those two defenses worked on both sides was just fascinating uh and then watching the Lions just absolutely just blow what should have been an insurmountable lead uh was uh was also an entertaining game uh but that was the second half of that game my daughter could not sleep so she sat out there with me and watched the game together so it was that was a lot of fun she always asked a lot of really fun questions so i'm uh, looking forward to the super bowl for sure in a couple weeks i'm not looking forward to um all of the takes that we'll be flying between now and the super bowl but the super bowl itself i'm excited about um i'm hoping we will we will see who gets hired when they get hired it's possible i'll be doing something on uh, kind of the system of whoever gets hired and pulling some clips. I I was looking at some Staley stuff earlier and got some clips there. So if he gets hired, hired I'm ready to go. If not, I'll have to do something. So we'll see once that gets, uh, once that gets announced, hopefully soon, uh, just so we can all, get excited about what the defense holds next year. Uh, and really the only stuff I've got out right now is going to be next, uh, this coming weekend. Uh, we got watching stuff and me and Aaron Amante are, we're jumping back into MCU, dude. We're doing uh, far from home. I I rewatched Ooh. Spider-Man far from home a couple days ago. I forgot how I remember being good. I forgot how good that. Now movie. I have a to remarkably Peter
3: Parker. I love when he <laughs> says that. <laughs>
2: It's so good. So that'll be out on Saturday. I'm really hyped for that.
3: Yeah. Anytime you can cast Jake Gyllenhaal as just a Manic villain who's slowly mm-hmm. losing his mind. It's probably going to be a good movie. Um, I don't know if anyone out there has seen Nightcrawler. Uh, oh that's God. a great example. Of- I
2: was ju- I was going to ask you if you had seen it. That oh, is yeah. just great story. He about is this. tremendous in that movie.
3: So my friend, who's the Bears fan that always sends in uniform questions, um, he and I were neighbors in college too. I mean, we did we did sports journalism and other things together, but we were in a journalism class together. Um, and we had to, it was like for extra credit. Um, <laughs> one semester, our teacher was like, hey, watch this movie. This is the name of the movie. And you need to point out, you know, you need to write like a page of what are some um, ethical principles of journalism that were broken in this One movie.
2: page? Sorry, one page. One page.
3: So we had never seen it. We'd never heard of it we're like, oh, we'll watch it together. We'll take notes. And then each of us will do our thing. We'll turn in our paper. It'll be easy. No extra credit. Let's do it. Within five minutes, we were done. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just couldn't believe that our professor told us to watch this. I mean, it's a great movie, but stunning movie for your teacher to say, hey, why don't you sit down and watch this? But we, we could not believe it. And we actually joke to this day that that trauma bonded us together and that we became closer <laughs> after that experience because we went into it completely blind. You know, we're like, oh, we just have to watch this for extra credit, so we're not gonna watch the trailer. It's Jake
2: Gyllenhaal, I'm sure it's a romp. Yeah, What's we're like, oh, though? Jake Gyllenhaal's I'm to in it, we don't
3: need to watch the trailer. It's obviously about journalism, it's related to the class, and then he's moving dead bodies and like, you know, faking a crime scene. and
2: total sociopath. Oh, oh, he's so good. In,
3: insane. Anyways, sorry, that was not supposed to be my final thought. But I, yeah, I could not. Uh, That is a crazy movie. Go watch that movie. That'll be my final thought. If you have never seen Nightcrawler, um, grab a nice snack and a warm blankie because you're gonna need to probably cover your eyes a few times out of pure discomfort. And oh my god, I can't believe this guy is doing that. Um, But definitely watch that. But for real, my final thought is I just am so sad that we're here, that we're at the end of the season. Um, I was trying to, and I think that's why I was happy that both the games were as good as they were this past weekend, because the entire time I'm like, just like three games left. This is it. Three games left. I have to enjoy it. I really hope that these are fun to watch. And, but what a fun year for the Packers. What a fun year for us. And, um, you know, the chiefs are probably going to do it again. And, Know Patrick Mahomes is is going to be the new Brady, and they're the new Patriots, and and all of that. But at the same time, it, it's it's fun to watch. You know they they're inevitable in ways, and um, you know I'm, I'm excited to just see what happens. And usher, um, uh, sure, sure, yeah, we'll see how that goes, <laughs> but. You know, next week we're going to have calls for questions. If you have any Super Bowl related questions or questions about the game, let us know. We, you know, we want to answer them. We want to talk about it. We're in, we're in the mode where we got to find things to talk about again. Um, or if you have things that you want to hear us talk about, uh, let us know. You know, we're always open to feedback and hearing those things and uh, want to do what you want us to do as well so that you have something fun to listen to. Um, well, that's it. We did it. We said, again, this will be a short episode. And here we are an hour later. We always (laughs) do this. Um, But you can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, at Sarah Kelher 4, at Dessa Ebley, and of course, at Steve Perhatch. We will see you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go!